Sultans of Slam for October 25th, Sunday, lightly snowing outside, I got a fire raging upstairs, uh, what a perfect time to review some AEW Dynamite from this previous week, I'm Lee, your host, and only host this week, uh, Dynamite from October 21st, 2020, Daily's Place, Jacksonville, Florida, a great show, uh, kind of no other way to look at it. Uh, really enjoyed my time with it. Had a little bit of something for everyone, and maybe a little something not for everyone. We'll uh, we'll get there. Uh, so tonight we have five matches uh, that will play big time into full gear, as Jr. puts it. Uh, to start the night, we have Wardlow versus Jungle Boy. They square off, and this dynamite is officially underway. Of course, this is the tournament to determine the number one contender for the AEW Championship after full gear. Wardlow and Jungle Boy are first. Excalibur, Tony Schiavone, and JR on the announce desk. A good physical start here. I really like Wardlow's facials and mannerisms. He's a real good big man. Uh, thug, but I could easily see him uh, as a brute baby face. Easily. Uh, like a peak Braun Strowman, this guy. Maybe a little more athletic, obviously. Jungle Boy tossed spine first into the uh, post outside the ring. That's right. I'm also calling... I'm, I'm going to say we've, we've seen peak Braun Strowman, by the way. I don't know that we will see it. <laughs> Like, what was it Roman got, was it when Roman got sick or or slightly before that? Whenever Braun was really heating up there and they just didn't fucking pull the trigger on the guy. And here we are. Jungle Boy tossed spine first. Enough about him. Let's talk about Wardlow, the future of, of big men. Jungle Boy tossed spine first into the post outside the ring. Wardlow tosses Jungle Boy back uh, around into the ring. Uh, he stomps him, spears him into the corner, uppercut stomps. Tony Schiavone fails to pronounce La Dinner Debonair. Uh, with Jericho and MJF coming up later tonight. Britt Baker will be in action. And the number one tag contender four-way match, or whatever you want to call it, is yet to come. Jungle Boy desperately fights out of a choke slam, hits a ma uh, missile dropkick on Wardlow. Tope Suicida. Wardlow dazed, back in the ring, his hair now let down. Just a couple of hunks in this match. Big reversal in the corner. Jungle Boy with a huge Hurricane Rana. Backstabber, top rope, diving knee drop. Wardlow kicks out, rolls out of the ring, onto the ramp to recover. Jungle Boy looking for a DDT gets caught and F10'd back into the ring. Wardlow huffing and puffing re-enters the ring. Another huge F10, 1, 2, 3. Wardlow wins and advances in the tournament. This makes sense. And announcers run down the card once more. People are are big fans of Jungle Boy, as am I. I like both Wardlow and Jungle Boy, maybe equally. Uh, but with Jungle Boy uh, being the babyface at this moment, it wouldn't make a lot of sense to have him do a big win here to ultimately, uh, you know, to ultimately lose down the line. There's no reason to heat this guy up right now. Uh, give him what you gave him in this match. Continue to do so. Uh, this is fucking pro wrestling. You can do this until this guy's ready for the big push uh, and heating him up before that. I, I just don't feel is worth it. So Jungle Boy's out of the tournament. Wardlow moves on. John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston at full gear will be an I quit match. We get some video footage from after AEW went off the air last week with Eddie cutting a promo on a broken Moxley. Moxley cuts a promo in a dark room. Uh, footage of the men's story so far. Moxley is not going to apologize for his choices, buying his mom a house, providing for his family. Moxley was honored to share the ring with Eddie in their previous match. He will beat him until he gets his friend back or he will end him. Uh, powerful stuff from Moxley here. Uh, Moxley's promos like this for all of his matches have been pretty fucking stellar. Uh, so hats off to him. Sonny Kiss filling in for Joey Janela, uh, who's in close contact with someone who has contracted COVID at an independent show at some point. 
it seems pretty wild to me. Uh, I mean, it's in their contract. They can still work certain indies and stuff like that. Uh, that's the, the benefit of, of signing with AEW in the first place, I guess, if you're a mid to lower carter. Uh, but it seems weird during COVID uh, that when you're AEW and you have your safe safeguards in place, uh, that your talent is still able to to go to independent shows where those same safeguards aren't in place and, and stuff like this will happen. Uh, luckily it was caught or a precautionary. Joey Janela is not coming in. So Sony, Sonny kiss his, uh, sometimes tag partner. I guess they are associated as a unit. Now, uh, will fill in Kenny Omega is here. Some weird music plays a new intro from Justin Roberts, hyping all of Kenny's accolades and accomplishments in pro wrestling, a pair of babes with brooms appear and begin dancing. A stoic Kenny Omega appears bathed in light. He looks like a God pyro, Posing, ding ding, Sonny and Kenny share a quick handshake. Kenny hits a massive V trigger, one wing angel, and he cuts a shit eating grin as he pins Sonny one, two, three. He checks on Sonny and raises his hand, grabs a quick, condescending hug, and leaves. Two more matches in this tournament coming up tonight Colt Cabana, or Colt Canada, as I have them written here, uh, and Paige uh, will fight, and Penta and Phoenix. Tony Schiavone interviews Orange Cassidy. Uh, this goes about as how you would expect it to go. Tony mentions Orange will have a rematch with Cody next week. Dasha looking fetching. Interviews and arriving Arn Anderson and Cody. Everyone is looking good in this episode, uh, it must be said. There, there's just a look, a a overall style uh, in this episode that's just like, yeah, everybody dressed to the nines. Uh, let's do it. Dasha mentions Cody has gained 14 pounds of muscle in his absence. Cody cuts a babyface promo here about his rematch with Orange Cassidy. More tournament action up next. Penta and Ray Phoenix. Eddie Kingston uh, talking head promo. He hypes his family in action tonight. Eddie responds directly to Moxie's promo from earlier in the night. Eddie says uh, when he wasn't playing the game, uh, when he wasn't a snake, he got nothing. Now he's got another world title shot. Uh, Eddie invites Moxley to the dark place he will need to get to to defeat Eddie Kingston. Uh, Eddie Kingston is is captivating. Uh, his voice, his look... His ups and downs of his promo is just stellar stuff. I don't know fucking Eddie Kingston from a hole in the wall. I don't know if I've said that before in this podcast. Like, I saw him, I was briefly watching some NWA stuff, and that's, like, kind of the first time Eddie Kingston was on my radar, even. But this guy's phenomenal, and it's really cool having him on a promotion like this and seeing him... Like some people would say, he's involved. He's on commentary, and he's showing up on dark, and he's and he's you know part of the world title picture, and he's got uh, the Lucha Bros and the Butcher and the Blade, ensuring that this guy, if he wants to, can insert himself in so many different parts of the show. But when a guy is this talented and improving the product this much, I, I'm gonna kind of let it slide. Uh, so yeah, more from Eddie. Looking really forward to full gear here, just based on these two promos. Uh, people were like, oh, we we got this when when Lance Archer was was sick. Uh, we, we got the Eddie Kingston Moxley match, but it's like, mm, no, this is this will be something else entirely. Tag team Lucha Bros forced to do battle uh, for the tournament here. Eddie Kingston on commentary. They exchange a, hand, a handshake and a brotherly head, love headbutt, and the chain wrestling begins. Uh, there's a big arm drag here. Phoenix looks to be favoring one leg afterward. Uh, just great chain wrestling here. Penta lights up Phoenix with a huge kick. Both men take a moment. The pissing contest begins, as Eddie puts it. Uh, the Lucha Bros engage in a shot-for-shot chop contest. Phoenix nearly buckles after a hard shot, goes to the top rope, and Penta hits him with a mid-air super kick. We get a massive top rope tornado splash from Phoenix to the outside. Penta grabs the top rope and foils Phoenix's follow-up. 
uh, back in the ring. We head to picture in picture. Penta kicks Phoenix's head off. Middle rope, sling blade, two count. We cover by Penta here. We get a nasty head scissor spot uh, here where Ray lands right on his fucking neck. Uh, and it looks just... There's a... There's a few injuries on this show, uh, at least, and then uh, another one on the the taping for next week uh, to follow it up. So, it's always a bummer when you don't watch this live or you don't watch it immediately after it airs uh, to to learn about all these injuries and when they were suffered. And it, it it doesn't ruin the match by any stretch of imagination, but you're anticipating it, and uh, of course you don't want to see this isn't this isn't fail army on YouTube. You don't want to see anyone get hurt here. It's not. The, the level of work in this AEW Dynamite alone for these matches, uh, where it's giving it like a faux pay-per-view feel, but that's kind of like, at a certain point, that's all of this wrestling now, uh, with these huge spots, and uh, just want everybody to be safe. You're not going to stop doing it, That that's out of the question, to to expect any of these guys to, to, to work safer, uh, so to speak. I don't think it's going to happen at this point, especially these fucking luchadors. They're just badasses. Like, it, it, like injured or not, wh- whatever the case. And the selling is so good with these guys, it's sometimes hard to tell uh, unless unless there's a pretty serious injury like what, what happens later in this show. Penta grabs the top rope and foils Phoenix's plans for fallout back in the ring. We had to picture in picture. We get a nasty head, uh, head scissors where Ray hurts himself. Penta followed uh, up with a head spike that looks super sloppy here uh, as maybe Ray Phoenix wasn't assisting, uh, having just been dumped on his fucking neck. Uh, we get a two count. Phoenix kicks out. Ray with a little bit of a uh, spit here, d- either selling or legitimately fucked up. Hits a beautiful super kick on Penta uh, and seemingly he's back in it. Just after that, Ray Phoenix is just back in the match. He's fine. Neck's not broken. I guess I'll just keep going. Uh, the match slowed down, uh, certainly when Phoenix took his spill, uh, but, but shit, man, it's hard to tell what's selling and, and what's wrestling after that, uh, or rather what's real and what's, what's pro wrestling. Uh, the men fight on top rope spot after spot near fall. Penta invites Phoenix to hit him. Phoenix runs the ropes. Penta does a massive pancake flip into a powerbomb. Eddie Kingston exclaims he has never seen that before. When I saw it, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that before. Uh, he asked Tony and JR to, uh, to collaborate. Uh, do, do you guys have, have you seen anything like that? before penta with an armbar spot phoenix gasps in pain walks the circle and falls to his knees penta approaches zero fear hits the ropes reversal by ray phoenix into a destroyer one two three ray phoenix is moving on to face kenny omega or so we thought video package kip and miro calling out best friends for destroying their arcade machine jr throws to alex marvez backstage with reynolds silver and colt cabana reynolds cuts a promo colt begins to speak and silver interrupts him to talk about the pressure the dark order is feeling uh, with, with their matches tonight. He is an absolute wild man. Great look, energy. This guy's a star. John Silver is like the most recent breakout star. But that being said, Stu Grayson and Evil Uno, when given time on Dynamite, have also been stellar. Uh, so this this kind of a joke of a uh, heel faction led by Brody Lee, there's so many likable like oafs in it. Uh it, Dark Order has really come a long way uh, since since his inception, so to speak. Time for more wrestling. Colt Cabana, once again credited here as Colt Canada, versus Hangman Adam Page. Uh, Tony reminds the finals of this tournament will be... Uh, what? Tony reminds us that the finals of this tournament we're watching tonight will be on November 7th at full gear. Page grabs a hold. Colt breaks free. The men uh, circle and lock up. Tony tries to again announce La Dinner Debonair. Does a little better this time. Page lights Cabana up with clotheslines in the corner. Cabana, or as I have him here, Cab and uh, 
so getting closer to Cabana, but there's a little little bit of Canada still in him. Hits an elbow, running shooting star press from Page, more massive strikes, splash to the outside. Excalibur explains, a draw or time limit ending to this match means Wardlow would get a bye into the next round if there's no winner. Picture in picture, Colt tries uh, to go five-hole on Page. Page catches him with his legs, pinning predicament, near fall. Colt runs into the corner. Page grabs him around the middle, and German suplex pin combos him for another near fall. Colt's uh, slugged and sent to the outside. Page climbs to the top rope. Uh, Colt dumbs him. I have uh, dumps him. Page goes ass over tea kettle into the hard apron. Colt follows up with a crossbody to the outside. Page rolled back into the ring by Colt to avoid the countout. Top rope for Colt whiffs it. Page pop up power bomb near fall. Uh, Cabana ducks out of the way. Page has to abandon his buckshot lariat attempt. Uh, Cabana continues to dodge Page. Superman for a near fall. Page manages to hit the buckshot lariat. One, two, three. Page moves on. Dark Order descends upon the ring to attend to their fallen ally, and they pay Page no mind as his hand is raised by the referee here. Page versus Wardlow next week. Kenny and Ray on the other side of the bracket. However, uh, we now know that Penta will be replacing Ray as Ray is taking some time off as a precaution after that. Uh, nasty scissor spot onto his neck. Sammy point of uh, Sammy Guevara has been a point of injury. Jr. says, and what a Freudian slip this was. Uh, he corrects himself. A point of interest. Uh, Hardy, Sammy, uh, get a quick video hit here. Yes, that feud is continuing into full gear. Team Taz on the ramp. Brian Cage, Taz, Ricky Starks. Taz calls out Will Hobbs. Uh, he was offered a spot in Team Taz, and they've yet to hear back. Taz threatens to sick Brian Cage on Hobbs if he doesn't respond. Taz mentions he's very upset Darby Allen is getting a title shot at the TNT Championship and not Ricky. Taz continues to put over Ricky Starks and his lack of opportunities based on his record in AEW. Ricky takes over the promo. Uh, this is when I noticed that he's wearing like a small chain necklace. Not like a chain like jewelry, but like a bike chain necklace. Ricky says something... Uh, so, sorry, Ricky says someone will pay for his situation and it'll be Darby. When we meet again, I'm putting you in the grave, you half-face-painted little bitch. Rude. La Dinner Debonair. Curtains up. MJF and Jericho sit at a table. Jericho sips his bubbly MJF red wine. 20-ounce uh, porterhouse MJF orders uh, along with a uh, baked potato. Jericho orders the same medium well. This goes on until both men order basically a raw steak here. The waitress leaves to put in their order. Uh, what are we doing, Jericho asks. We're being rude to everyone. Jericho mentions a town hall meeting next week with Inner Circle to determine if MJF should join, which I thought was the point of this dinner. But I guess I'm wrong. These two men seem to get along, or at least Jericho likes MJF, uh, seemingly genuinely, but MJF, uh, you know, is MJF. So as far as we know, he's lying to get into the good graces of Jericho to get into the inner circle. Suddenly these men start singing a show tune. Yeah. Uh, a curtain opens, revealing dancing showgirls. Jericho and MJF sing a verse and join them for a dance. This is insane. This is grandiose. The number includes the men, uh, concludes that the men sit back down. Their uncooked steaks are served, and both men agree to send them back to the kitchen. So, this segment, two pro wrestlers singing. Uh, what what do we think? It sounds like people are pretty 50-50 split, uh, while on one hand it's Jericho and it's MJF, and this was different, and this was amazing, and it was a cool thing to insert on this show that was mostly wrestling, uh, and, and to have shit, man. I don't know. I, I So I didn't like this. But I didn't dislike it by any means. I thought MJF has a decent singing voice. I was like, hey, Jericho can sing pretty good too. But then I realized, no, Jericho's in Fozzie and sings his own entrance music. Why isn't Jericho better at this? Apparently they had like seven hours to shoot this thing. 
And uh, it's it's not so elaborate that you can't imagine, especially with the the talent of the guys involved. This was fine. Uh, this was something different. Obviously, you have to suspend your disbelief a little bit more. These guys literally break into fucking song and dance here on a pro wrestling show. Uh, but the visual, the fact that it's these two guys, the the point of it, I thought was all fine. Uh, and and you are perfectly entitled to think this sucked. Uh, but. Given the context of the rest of the show, that it was something different, I, I didn't mind it. And it was quick. It's not a long segment by any stretch of the imagination. It's a quick hit. Britt Baker with Rebel, a.k.a. Reba, versus Kylan King. Tony calls Britt a domineering bitch. Some chain uh, wrestling here. Britt hits a curb stomp, uh, takes the sneering advantage, and fights to the outside of the ring. Back in the ring, Kylan gets some inf- uh, offense in for a moment before a fisherman's neckbreaker and another curb stomp by Britt. Reba passes her a surgical glove. Britt uh, applies the lockjaw for the tap. Britt wins. Quick, aggressive match. No issue with this or Britt. Next week, Hangman Page versus Wardlow. Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix, now Penta. Tay Conti versus Abaddon, or Abaddon, or whoever. Abaddon, I think is how they're pronouncing it. Uh, apparently, Abaddon takes a throat punch or something accidentally here in this match and uh, was was taken to the hospital and uh, is fine, uh, but it probably means we won't, that whatever the outcome of this match or wherever the push was going to be has now changed. So, a good, uh, a good week for injuries in that there was a quantity of them. A bad week, of course, for injuries because we'd never want injuries on these shows cody versus orange cassidy for the tnt championship will be next week lumberjack match now to prevent the dark order from interfering town hall meeting of the inner circle deciding if mgf will join and full gear november 7th i quit match moxley versus kingston ftr will face the winners of the four-way tag match coming up next the elite deletion match matt hardy versus sammy guevara which i'm to understand will be a pre-recorded uh cinematic match they're calling it darby allen will challenge for the tnt championship black and white video we have steve-o and Darby Allen, Darby uh, gets in a body bag and rolls down a half pipe. Steve opens the bag and asks if he's all if he's all right. And Darby says he's winning that TNT championship. Uh, all this body bag business and Darby being like, I I don't care if I'm dead. I don't care if I'm in a body bag full of thumbtacks being thrown off a, a bridge. Uh, I'm Darby Allen, and this. But, but but then we see time and time again Darby Allen not win as of late. And I like Darby Allen. Uh, I. I I'm very curious to see what this what happens with this TNT Championship thing. Obviously, if it's dark, if Cody beats Orange in a rematch, and they immediately go into this match with Darby, then I guess Darby should beat Cody. But then, what does Cody do after that? I don't know. Darby and Cody have a lot of history on this promotion already. Our boys, Butcher and Blade, and the Bunny is back. Last night on Dark, Eddie Kingston appeared with Bunny, much to QT Marshall's dismay. Private Party, Reynolds and Silver, and Young Bucks arrive. Let's get this clusterfuck underway. FTR on commentary for this one. Private Party hits a pair of super kicks on the Bucks. Men switch in and out. The strategy here, according to JR, is to always be in the match, as only two men of the eight involved are legal. Mark Quinn clears Silver and Butcher from the ring before going for a dive on Blade and across the ring on Silver before jumping off the top rope on Reynolds on the outside. Back in the ring, Quinn hits a shooting star press on Blade for a near-fall picture-in-picture time as Blade takes control of the match. Matt Hardy at ringside cheering on Private Party is attacked by Sammy Guevara. They brawl into the stands. Young Bucks break up a pin attempt by Reynolds and Silver. Private Party uh, with a two-person maneuver on Reynolds that legit knocks this man out cold. Uh, he takes like a leg drop across his face and Reynolds is fucking out. He's got that weird stiff arm you see when people uh, ride uh, roller coasters and, and pass out and shit. 
this is awful. Uh, this was really hard to watch uh, when, when someone gets injured like this and the match continues around them. But for whatever reason, the, there, there was so much going on. Uh, unfortunately, the ref didn't notice this either. But this man is out cold. There's a pin attempt on him that's broken up. And he's just laying in the center of the ring while people are running and jumping over top of him. Uh, so what happens here is Blade drags him to the corner, a, a lifeless, knocked out man, drags him to the corner and tags himself in. A shaky Reynolds reappears in this match and gets his ass kicked by Nick Jackson. Reynolds seems to mostly be, be with it, but he was fucking knocked unconscious not seven seconds earlier. Nick proceeds to decimate all opponents. He and Matt superkick Butcher. Spike pile driver sent on combo on Isaiah Cassidy and Butcher for a near fall. Dark Order break this up. Nick Jackson repeatedly removes ta uh, taggable fighters from the apron as Matt works on Isaiah in the ring. A pin attempt, but Matt reverses it and gets a pin. One, two, three. It'll be Bucks versus FTR at full gear. FTR hits the ring and offers some beer. A masked man appears and hits Matt in the back with a chair. Nick Jackson is hit with a spike pile driver, including this masked man, before placing Matt's leg in a chair in an attempt to break it. Matt winces in pain. The masked man unmasks. It's Tully Blanchard. I swear to God, for a second after I saw the pile driver spot, I was like, well... Tilly Blanchard's an old fucking man, and he's not doing spots off the off the rope like this. Turns out he is. Uh, it, it says a lot about Sean Spears that for a second I'm like, oh, is that Sean Spears? When it's clearly an old man fucking stumbling around the ring. Uh, FTR and Tully retreat. Matt and Nick lay broken and mad in the ring, and we go off the air. A solid back-to-front episode of uh, AEW Dynamite. No real surprises outside of the fucking injuries, unfortunately, and the dinner debonair. Uh, but this was, uh, this was great. This is real good. Uh, I really like this Dynamite. And, uh, they got some momentum ending in the next couple of weeks. So let's talk again when those happen. At Tits Iceberg on, uh, Twitter is us. LeahTitsTheAstrof.com is my email address. You can leave a question, topic, or whatever, anywhere you see this posted. And if we find it interesting, we'll talk about it on the show. That's going to be it for the show this week. I've been Lee. Uh, I hope you're all staying safe out there, staying warm, depending on your geographical location. Uh, but we'll talk to you again next week. That's been the Sultans of... Slam and welcome to the